Well, it's the end of August, so you know what that means. It's time to go back to school. And the question is, for parents and students, are you ready? Have you gone through the list of all the supplies that you need? You've got your schedule set. Kids have got new clothes. To help parents and kids get ready, of course, schools have these orientation sessions where they go through all the routines that they'll need to follow the rules, the supplies they'll need, what things are coming up. And of course, it's that opportunity to meet the teacher because they really want to know how well am I going to get along with the teacher? What kind of communication will I have? Will I feel confident about that teacher? Now, while it's time to go back to school, this may not apply to a lot of you because either you don't have kids in school or you're not going back to school. So you may be wondering, well, how is this message going to apply to me? Well, I'd like to remind you to consider the fact that we are all students of God's Word. We're all in God's school. We want to keep learning God's Word. And so that focus of back to school is a good reminder for all of us, too, as we are students of the Scriptures. You know, sometimes we refer to believers as disciples. And that we're told to go and make disciples of other people. Well, that word disciple came from a Latin word that simply meant a student. Sometimes we think of a disciple as a follower. You know, the guy who just followed their leader all around. Well, that was true, but that's how they were students. They followed their teacher all around and learned life lessons. So as we are disciples, followers, students, today let's spend a little time in our series of messages and going through the Psalms to recognize it's time to study God's Word. Now today we're going to focus on Psalm 119. That, that opens with a beautiful phrase, Oh, how I love thy law. It is meditation, all, my meditation all day long. And that really is the focus of Psalm 119. It's all about God's Word. All 176 verses. Do you have that much time today to go through all those verses? We're not going to look at all of those. We're just going to look at a few of them. But the message is clear throughout that whole psalm that God's Word brings us blessings. Well, let's find out how we can be good students of God's Word. Here's a portion of Psalm 119. Teach me, Lord, the way of your decrees, that I may follow it to the end. Give me understanding, so that I may keep your law and obey it with all my heart. Direct me in the path of your commands, for there I find delight. Turn my heart toward your statutes, and not toward selfish gain. Turn my eyes away from worthless things, Preserve my life according to your word. Fulfill your promise to your servant so that you may be feared. Take away the disgrace I dread, for your laws are good. How I long for your precepts. In your righteousness, preserve my life. Now one of the important things that happens at the beginning of school is meeting your teacher. 
You want to find out, what's the class going to be like? What's that teacher going to be like? Are they going to be excited and enthused? Are they going to be somebody who really has a passion for this subject and, and get me excited so that I learn too? Or is it going to be somebody who's a little bit dry and, and boring or I just don't get that subject at all and I'm really going to struggle in this class? Have you ever gone through those thoughts in going to school? The teacher plays a key role, doesn't he or she, in the learning process. And that's true for us also as students of God's word. We want to meet our teacher, whom the psalmist put out there right away at the beginning when he said, teach me, Lord. Now you've heard me say this thousands of times probably. But that word Lord, when it's in all capitalized letters like that in the Old Testament, was a special name for God. It was really two Hebrew words put on top of each other. It was the word that the Lord used to identify himself, to give himself a name. But the Hebrews were afraid to say it. They might misspeak it. So instead, they would just say, Lord. So even though the word Lord was there, it wasn't really what God was saying. What God was saying was the Hebrew word Yahweh, which meant, I am. God himself gave us a description of who he is, his reputation, as he defined that word for Moses on Mount Sinai. From Exodus 34. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and stood there with him, with Moses, and proclaimed his name, the Lord. And he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming, the Lord the Lord, or in Hebrew would be translated, I am, I am the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation. So did you hear what he was saying? He was telling us what he is like as our teacher. That as the Lord, he is a faithful God. And so the psalmist would pray, fulfill your promise to me, your servant. And that's our teacher, the God who is faithful to his word who tells us he is loving and compassionate. He is forgiving of all of our wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Now, knowing that he is such a wonderful, faithful God, doesn't that excite you? Doesn't that move you to want to hear what he has to say? To want to learn from him? Just like you probably enjoyed going to some classes that a certain teacher gave because you like that teacher. So it is. We can be moved by whom the Lord is to want to study his word. In fact, that's how he teaches us, through his word. Again, listening to the words from 2 Peter that we heard before, Peter said, we also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable, and you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns 
and the morning star rises in your hearts? Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. In other words, the Bible is not something man made up. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will. But prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. That gives us assurance then of what the scriptures is and how God uses them. Our teacher is the Lord, the God who speaks to us through his inspired word, the very words that he breathed out and then men wrote down with their pens. <clears throat> now I know you know that. And I know that you know that's a foundational teaching of our church. But we always want to emphasize that, lest we think that things should change. Because we have the word of God that doesn't change. The word of God that is absolute truth. And because it's absolute truth, it's trustworthy. And so we'll listen to it. Like the disciples who replied to Jesus, we will say, Lord, to whom else can we go? You have the words of eternal life. That's the great teacher we have. Now, going back to school sometimes requires um, an attitude adjustment, right? When you've just had several months off and you haven't had all that pressing homework, to get back in that routine of classes and learning and homework and all that stuff takes a little bit of an attitude adjustment. And that might be true for us even as students of God's word, that we need to have an attitude adjustment to get back into the word. Well, the psalmist recognized that of himself, too. And at the end of those verses, he was asking for the Lord to help him get a better attitude. Let's take a look at what he was praying for. First, he said, fulfill your promise to your servant so that you may be feared. Now, the fear that he was talking about was not terror. He, wasn't, he didn't want to be scared of God. But it's that word fear that talks about respect and awe for God. He wanted to have respect for God. And that's easy to do when you remember who he is. A God who is so loving and compassionate and faithful, that's the God you stand in awe of. You no doubt had respect for teachers, teachers who cared for you, who really were concerned that you would learn. They were looking out for your well-being. Well, that's our God. At Apostles, our teachers are that way too. I know that because not only do I see them in action, but as you will hear in a few minutes, you're going to hear their vow, their solemn promise to be representatives of God's love to their students. Because we want our students also to have that fear, that respect for God. But now it's interesting to note the other attitude that the psalmist prays for. He says, take away the disgrace that I dread, for your laws are good. Do you remember ever dreading something about a class you had to go to? <laughs> maybe it was the, the subject matter or a test or an assignment or maybe that teacher. Well, what was it that he was dreading? He said, the disgrace I dread. 
You see, as he looked into God's laws and saw they were good, he recognized, however, that he failed to keep those laws. His disgrace was his disobedience. And his actions, his, his words, his thoughts, even the desires of his heart. You know, sometimes uh, we'll hear kids say, you know, well, uh, I did the best I could. You know, shouldn't I get a, a good grade for just trying hard? Or sometimes people will say, you know, it's, it's, it's the fault of those rules or, or whatever it is, right? Uh, those, those rules are so antiquated, they don't apply today, or they're impossible to keep. But the psalmist says, your laws are good. So the attitude that he needed was an admission that I need forgiveness. And with confidence, we can pray for that, knowing that we have it in Jesus. Because all of our disobedience was taken away. It was put on Jesus. God punished Jesus so that he would not punish us. So we have nothing to dread with a God who is faithful to forgive. And there's a third attitude he prays for. How I long for your precepts. In your righteousness, preserve my life. What he's saying is, I want to learn. I want that attitude. I want to learn. Did you have a, a favorite subject in school? I can tell you mine was not math. They lost me when they started mixing numbers and letters. Sorry, Jordan, he's our math teacher, but uh, that just blew me. I couldn't, I couldn't follow that. But as you probably would figure out, my favorite subject was the Bible, God's Word. And not only in English, but also to, to learn it in the original languages that it was written, in the Greek and the Hebrew, to really understand God's message to us. The Bible was my favorite subject because it was so real. It, it brought such blessings of, of, of assurance, guidance, comfort, forgiveness, promises, blessings. Man, it was just all there. That's the attitude we want toward God's word. I love to learn it because it is such a powerful subject, powerful book. But note too what he said. It's in your righteousness that I want you to preserve my life. Your righteousness, Lord, not mine. You see, I can't say that I've done good enough and you should pass me because my good enough is not good enough. I was writing the sermon this week on the plane, and I'm, so I'm using my little tablet. And this tablet has a way of anticipating what my thoughts are. That is, as I start to type a word, it throws another word in there. And so as I was proofreading it, it had all these strange words in there that didn't make any sense. You should have seen what it wrote about you guys. I took it all out. But even though my intentions were one thing, something else came out. And that's the way it is sometimes with God's law, too. My intentions can be so good, but my actions, my words, my thoughts aren't the same. So I need God's righteousness to preserve me. And that's what the Apostle Paul tells us. Now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known 
to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. I want, I need the righteousness of Jesus and have it through faith in him. That's why I want to learn God's word, to have that faith, to have that righteousness, to be preserved for life. And I hope that's your desire too. So I'm urging you to be a student of God's word this year, to get into our Bible classes, whether the classes we hold here or the ones we hold during the week in our small group program, maybe to take the Bible information class as a refresher course, or go to our bookstore and find a great book to read. There's some great books in there. But get into God's word and be blessed. Here's why I know you will be blessed. Because of the lessons God's word gives us. There were four of them that he spoke about. You know, today in education we talk about educating the whole child. You know, body, mind, and as a Christian school, also the soul. Well, it's interesting that the psalmist was talking about educating the whole person too. Here's what I mean. He starts out saying, teach me, Lord, the way of your decrees that I may follow it to the end. Teach me. That word teach in the Hebrew literally meant show me, point it out to me, let me see it. So this was a lesson for the eyes. Let me see God's ways. Make them clear, make them plain, make them evident to me. In our Christian school, we do that throughout our curriculum. When we teach science, it isn't just about the laws of nature, but it's about God's working, about how God created all of this and how he's given it all to us as a blessing. When we talk about history and current events, it isn't just a list of dates and events and people but it's God's hand at work to bring about his plan of salvation for people. So it's, history is really his story. And then as we study the Bible or read literature in English class, we learn about the human nature and our need for God. So that's what we want to see, God's ways. Now, the psalmist knows, however, that sometimes we can be distracted and so later he would pray, turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. You see, we can be so distracted by other things that we see and, and want in life, we need to be reminded we've got to stay focused on God's will. And as we're students of God's word, his spirit can direct us to those life-giving things. He prayed that I stay faithful to the end. He meant the end of his life. So that means we need to be students of God's word all the way to the end. You know, you maybe thought you were studying God's word when you were done with Sunday school and catechism class, but you're not. God wants you to study his word all the way to the end so that finally you can get to the life that has no end. Right, the second lesson. Give me understanding so that I may keep your law and obey it with all my heart. Give me understanding. This was a lesson for the mind, that we would have an understanding of God's will and then be given obedience. You know, sometimes it's not always so easy to see God's way, to see God's will. 
Just like when you're flying in an airplane and you look out the window, you see all the clouds below and you go, I wonder where we are. I wonder what way we're going. Or if you're driving your car in fog, you might be familiar with the road because you've been on it a lot, but you know, when it's foggy, you don't see everything ahead clearly. And so you have to be a little more cautious in driving. Or when things are dark, you know you need some light so you can see what's going on around you. And you know there can even be danger in the dark. So it is in life. We need the light of God's word to show us his ways to bring us to Jesus. How, how blessed we are here at Apostles to have a school program that goes from four-year kindergarten, four-year-old kindergarten, up through the 12th grade. And how blessed we are to be part of a church body that also has Lutheran colleges that our kids can go to. How blessed we are to have a great Bible program here at church that the adults can continue in God's word. Let's make use of those resources and those opportunities to bring understanding and obedience. Let me pray that we be obedient with all of our heart. And so that leads us to two more lessons. First of all, he said, direct me in the path of your commands, for there I find delight. Direct me in the paths. He's giving us a lesson for our feet. Show me how you want me to act. Show me how you want me to live my life. You know, there's a lot of different paths we can choose. A lot of different choices that are set before us. Jesus pointed that out already when he said, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. And so it is that we need his spirit to direct us on that narrow path so that we live in God's ways. But that requires a heart that wants to do it. And that's the last lesson then. Turn my heart toward your statutes and not toward selfish gain. The lesson for the heart is to love God above everything else. That was God's first commandment, to have no other gods, to fear, love, and trust in him above all things. One day Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? And his answer was, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, with all your soul. Obeying the Lord, loving his word, learning his word, it all starts with the heart. And because that heart that we have is sinful and can be so easily misled, we need God's Spirit working through that word to guide us and to motivate us to live in God's ways. Well, as we're talking about school and being students, what kind of a student were you or are you? Now you might think of, you know, what your attitude was like, how good you were in doing your homework, or you might think about your grades, right? Well, I had this kind of a GPA or this many A's or whatever it was. In God's school, we're graded by grace. Not our effort, but by his love and his work in Jesus Christ. And it's, just that, it's that same grace then that moves us to want to be faithful in learning and living for him 
to his glory. And so my encouragement to you as we're going back to school is simply this. Love the word and live that word. Amen.